0: Rachel White, and people call me the skeptical showman. They say it like it's a contradiction, but it's not. For more than a decade, I've been researching and building tools for the spiritually homeless. You know, the curious but critical thinking people that, like me, have had a tough time navigating a landscape of gurus and grifters and crystal-heavy people. Searching for a way to fill what Neil Gaiman called that God-shaped hole All while, of course, not getting taken. As the host of the Skeptical Shaman podcast, I want to help us all develop a map of this confusing terrain. I'm going to talk to everybody, the curious, the skeptical, the cynical, and yes, even the true believers. Together, we can safely explore the world of Wu and get closer to some meaningful existential truths. This is the Skeptical Shaman. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Skeptical Shaman Podcast. I am your delightful and perennially optimistic, friendly host, Rachel White of Totem Readings. That was sarcasm. I just have to mix it up once in a while. I am joined today by someone who I've only recently met, but I totally, totally dig. And, you know, I'm one of those people. If if you're in, you're in. So welcome, Whitney, host of the Soulish podcast, practitioner a uh, spiritual journey person, wayfinder, finder, way shower. Why don't you um, give everybody a little bit of a, an intro on you in your own words, a bit about your background and, and what you're up to?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me on the Skeptical Podcast. I love it. It's so fun to like talk about all the things that are woo and difficult and easy and fun and weird. And I love it. I love yeah. being um, skeptical of things. So this is this is awesome. This is so fun. Um so my name is Whitney Apke and I um I started off in Christian ministry and grew up actually as a Christian pastor's kid. And around the age of 25, I just really started probably around my like Saturn return like coming on. Um I started to really feel a shift and realizing that like on that, feet on the ground in Christian ministry, that there was
0: something that wasn't aligning for me, and I was it wasn't kind of sure like the typical was? Saturn uh, returns. Uh oh, I might have to burn my life down. Yeah, yeah, yes. it really blows. But it's good for you ultimately. So but when you're to... in it, it's it's not good. Yeah,
1: especially when that burning,
0: you know, your world down involves. Your family, <laughs> you know,
1: who is and very, your faith system,
0: and your yeah, job, and your yes. friend group, and everything. In your case, Literally it was everything. probably everything. Yeah, it was everything.
1: So that was really hard, and I ended up doing it very slowly. I slowly began the process of relinquishing duties or roles, and people were kind of like, "Oh, what's going on?" And I was. I just said. I'm just taking a break. I've been serving nonstop for so long, for many years, and I kind of mm-hmm. just need a break. And so I just used that because it was true.
0: I needed yeah. a break. I was totally and you didn't know burnt what it out. Was yet, probably yourself in a way that you could articulate it yet, right? Yeah. yeah I didn't know what was happening. I just yeah. knew
1: something feels completely wrong and I can't put my finger on it, but I feel dissatisfied discontented even disassociated from what i'm doing yet this is my heart like this is my heartbeat like how can i feel not one with it um but i also started to realize because it was being mirrored to me in real life that when i would pastor when i would walk someone through their sin or their mistake and hold them accountable also to what the religious laws were, you know, rules yeah. of conduct um, and especially if they were leaders of mine directly under me, even more so they were held to a higher standard of living. weren't you know like the typical church goer, but you know Monday through Saturday, party party on the yeah. weekends, you know, that kind of thing except for Sunday morning um, So when I started to realize there was a breakdown and I started to see the fruit of it over a couple of years, of working with them and mentoring them, and to see yeah. them kind of breaking down and they become more associated with shame and also disconnection. I was like, whoa, that's like the
0: literal opposite of what I'm trying to do here. And this and is I what I hate I'm to pull a Bible bu- quote out, but this is something I actually use in my shamanic practice because it's just a good truism. Jesus uh-huh. said it. You know, Buddha said some great shit too. You yes. will know them by their fruits. Yes, And so when I talk to people about using curiosity, skepticism, assessing things, you used the proper filter, which is there's a lot of words, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of that, right? But what's in front of me? How are the people around me doing? How am I doing? Is our life better? Are we doing better? And one of the things that struck me about, it's a fantastic documentary series called The Vow. And I talk Mm -hmm. ad nauseum about it because I think Nexium is such a great example. It's such a microcosm. Of our world by the way don't even get me started on corporate america like it it (laughs) is it but when bonnie um who by the way is a practicing psychic quite talented and she and i have interacted she read my cards not this year the year before for my birthday she's a very good person she looked around and in i'll never forget this quote she goes everybody just seemed like they were being squished you know and here it is Mm. in her case a program which is about becoming more joyful cultivating yeah. joy, becoming happier. The science of joy was one of their yeah. little taglines. And she used the word like everybody just seems like they're being squished. And yeah, the proof's in the pudding, right? Yeah. Yes, And that's what you observed. And in my experience, yeah. that's usually the tip of the iceberg. Things are yeah. much worse inside.
1: Yeah. I think I that was what I realized was because I, I understand, like, I can see things because it's already within me, and I understood that. But when I realized that something was amiss in the expression, whether it was the way that I was communicating it or it was what I was actually communicating, something was off, something wasn't right. But I also started to realize, wow, I'm actually wrestling with my own like idea of sh- of sin and shame and and all of that. And I I was a virgin until I was almost 29. I lived by that letter of that law and and to not have the things that were promised me from birth yeah. happen. It was like I would I Rachel, I would literally drive in my car at like two AM in the morning till about four. All the way up and down the San Francisco Bay Area, I would take anyone from California and San Francisco, San Francisco Bay Area would know. I took 85 to 87 to 280, yeah. went all the way around, hit the 101 and came all the way back down. And I would like go all the way down South 85 till like Morgan Hill, Gilroy. And then I'd come back all the way up for hours and I'd be crying. I'd be screaming. I'd be cussing out God and then ask, asking and begging why. Because mm-hmm. I just was so unfulfilled and I was so upset. Like I'm, I felt like I must have done something that I'm unaware of that cursed me. Because I am yeah. serving you every day of my life, and yet I don't even have like a partner to do this with. I, I don't have, I don't have
0: any anything to show for it. Um, just so you know, I, I know for example. It. Is people might think it's very specific and it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with them because you were, you know, a, did you put it as a youth pastor? You were a minister.
1: I was a youth pastor for three years and then I went into young adults
0: ministry as okay. a young adult myself. So you did both. So people are thinking, yeah. oh, well, she's in this like stringent religion, like whatever judgments they may have initially. I'm going to let everybody know doing the work I do, what you experienced That could have been a, I've given everything I have to this corporation, to this industry or profession, to this relationship Yep. in some cases. And I found out either it's a lie or you get nothing for it, or the sacrifice and loyalty that I've invested means nothing. Um, The metaphor I like to use is you're busting your ass, putting money in a shared checking account with something or someone, and you go to make a withdrawal. Like, I'd like a partner finally after 29 years and it's empty. Where's all the money? I've been putting money in here, right? Like, and everyone has these moments. If there's a spiritual, a real, what I would call a real spiritual awakening, they go, wait, wait, wait. I did all of this. I did all the right things. Even things like going to college, getting student loans, being a good kid growing up, like whatever this is for people. And you're not going to get things back in kind. And that's like the be- the crack on the egg of like you getting born. Mm-hmm. If you can go all the way through it, people who white knuckle and they kind of like use duct tape to make it work, it just gets worse and worse and worse.
1: Yeah. I like made a choice because I realized how resentful I was. Like I was fully expressing to God, trusting, you know, mm-hmm. that I was being heard at least like petitioning in some form or fashion. And I knew that. God loved me enough to hold space for me in that, but I still didn't like what was coming up. I didn't like the fact that I felt that way about my life. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm too young. I'm I'm mid-20s. You know, like I sh- shouldn't be feeling um, so unfulfilled and uh, be so upset, you know, like yeah. with what my life is um, because I know that this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to serve people. I'm, I'm meant to hold space for people. I'm meant to help people heal and reconnect. I know that. So why isn't it why is this not feel what it should feel like, you know? So it basically all of that, I it took me about a year to slowly exit stage left. And I did it very successfully. Um, I only had a few people kind of like following up and asking, you know, where I was, but that was pretty much it. Um mm-hmm. They kind of just respected the fact that I bowed out and, and didn't really follow me where I went. And I was and very by the way, that's how
0: you know it's not actually a literal cult. And I do want to make that point. Yeah. That, you know, it, things can be very culty. Corporate culture is culty, yes. et cetera, et cetera. But it's, I really think one of the main attributes is in leaving if they let you leave. Yeah. And by the way, I know corporations who don't let you leave who don't right. want you to be able to work in that industry. And like, you know, it, I know acting coaches who pull that shit on some yep. of my clients in LA. So it's nice yeah. that you had that space. I will say that. Yeah. For what it's worth,
1: it was a healthy environment. I yeah. I think it was just the, for me, and, and I don't think religion isn't for people. Like, I don't knock that. I actually am very proud to say I, I want to be a bridge for those between... Yeah. You know, religion and non-religion, whether that's spirituality or atheism, I don't care. I I think everyone's journey is sacred, and so if someone aligns with religion, yeah, then
0: I've heard that's Muslims, funny. Catholic priests, you know, Jewish rabbis talk about their faith in a way that was very uplifting to me yeah. and very authentic. Like it rang true; it didn't ring hollow. It wasn't Tammy Faye Baker, you know, doing televangelism. Right? Like, everybody has their their version of that. Whatever religion, faith system, yeah. non-faith there's mm-hmm. bad guys and good guys everywhere. Faith Dear listeners, everywhere. just know that. Like, there's no guaranteed, yeah. you know, there's no safe space and there's also no place that's just full of monsters. It's not that simple. Yeah. There's light and dark in every,
1: in yeah. every place. Yeah. Um, That's kind of like the duality that we experience in this lifetime. So, I... I basically didn't really know what to make of God anymore um, because I started to kind of just toss everything up that I had been taught, kind of realizing that there were some things that didn't align, but I didn't know what else wouldn't align. And so I just really tossed everything up into the air to see where things fell. And I was like, if this is truth, right, because I've been taught my whole life, truth is not relative, that it's firm, it's unchanging, it, you know, test the time you know it, it goes through so um, it remains and so I just was like if it's true it's gonna remain in me if it's true it's gonna it's gonna stand this test of my life like I will see whether or not this still resonates or is true for me um and so I started to release judgment on that and that was part of I I don't like to say I lost my virginity I hate that um, personally. Uh, it
0: just feels so disempowering and so like outdated. Well, it's um, inherently misogynistic. It's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. yeah. The, and by the way, I don't think Jesus would give a shit. I don't think it was one of those things. I think it was. It came a little later than that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: I um. I like to say I reclaimed my womanhood only because I was not allowed to be a woman. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like I was allowed to step into my womanhood, but I also had a lot of. Um, difficulty because I blossomed very early on in my life. So, being a Christian girl with huge boobs and a big ass and curvy to boot, it was like, oh my God, like sheet. <laughs> Sheet over her, like we don't want to see any of that jiggling while you walk. Do you know I
0: I regularly joke with my husband that I think I had a more comfortable adolescent development because I never had big boobs. Because I, you would observe this as a small titted animal, as I like to joke that I am. It's a joke from another podcast called Your Mom's House with filthy (laughs) comedians. But like, I would watch that be like, I'm so glad that's not me because I was such a tomboy and I didn't like being a girl for a long time during like ages like. Ten to fifteen, I thought boy stuff was more fun. I just, yeah, I didn't like playing with you know that shit that girls like playing with, and Mm -hmm. I was like, thank God I don't have boobs. So trust me, I feel you on that one. Yeah, and and also like younger boys have no way of managing that yet. No, no, No. Mm -hmm. they just look at you. I had a
1: younger brother who uh, was like, "What you got like jugs?" (laughs) And I'm like. Thank you. That's lovely. That's a lovely term. I have milk jugs. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What a sweetie pie. Lovely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's something my brothers would say too. They're really funny. And one thing I'll say about little brothers, they say stuff like that, but it never feels mean. It just feels like they have no filter. Yeah. That's just what they see. Yeah. So you reclaimed your womanhood, which by the way, I I am more concerned about women right now On planet Earth than any other group. Um, Fun fact, I'm actually a feminist. So that that's going to bother people. I'm sure because now that's a dirty word. somehow you you can't win for losing. But you know, if you read history or in your case, you know, you're a theological scholar having done what you've done. Right. And you look at not just your religion, all religions, the group that always kind of gets the raw end of the deal is is female, because for much of human history, having upper body strength, was the determining factor and who won the social negotiations, right? Mm -hmm. Who held the power. Yeah. Um, Who was educated.
1: We weren't educated. Yeah. We were supposed to just um, transport wealth and land and property. And um, we were a vehicle for that. Mm -hmm. And so your virginity was paramount because then there was proof, you know, that you, that son that you just birthed is legitimate. And that, that determined whether or not the land and money, you know, stayed in the family um, or not. So I understand that. But religion, it was it was really hard to watch guys, you know, confess that they're, you know, sleeping around or, you know, addicted to porn or masturbating. And the whole time I'm over here going like, I don't even know what I look like. I, I yeah. feel so disconnected from even my body because I feel so much shame also for being curvy and I'm not supposed to be this curvy yet or I'm more curvy than other girls. I I like to call them fluffy lovens, you know, like I just I I had so much body shame that I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror because I just was for fear of sinning. Like what if I like yeah. what I see and I want to touch it? <gasps> you know, God forbid, like I touch myself um or look at myself and What's really awesome, Rachel, is I, I actually had an amazing time with a girlfriend, and I feel like I'm still reclaiming myself. And she was like, well, wit," because she told me back in the day, they would have the red tent, right? It's kind of yeah. been, become a
0: new like fad thing that we've heard. People don't realize the older <sighs> days of the Abrahamic religions were a little different. and even, They were you very know, different. The, the word Israelite means he who wrestles with God not Mm -hmm. he who blindly follows. There was a whole back and forth. There was a negotiation with the divine. And one of the things I like about the Yahweh God figure in in some of those stories is he's like, he'll listen and he'll come back. and He'll be like, listen, I was thinking about what you said, here's what we'll do. Mm -hmm. And there's this inner play, you know, it Mm -hmm. doesn't typically work out for humans, but he's willing to sort of like, you know, negotiate about what the tooth fairy leaves the kid kind of a thing. Like, okay, well, what about this? And, what about your your you know allowance and my yeah. favorite one is Sodom and Gomorrah because he's like go find me one honest man and they they couldn't manage like the negotiations kept happening and it was like a parent yeah. making a point but you know the idea of blind faith was not at any point involved in the origins of any of these religions or faith systems right no ever but it's but
1: it's become that because of the control factor you know yeah and well because we there's know that.
0: middlemen. Do you know who Duncan Trussell is? I've heard the name. So he's a f- absolutely effing hilarious comedian. He actually has a dummy that he'll bring out and like do an old-timey ventriloquist act. He inherited it oh from his He's a wild man. He moved to Austin where I live now. But he's a, he's a very devout Buddhist, but like a real one, right? So he doesn't judge anybody. He's done his fair share of ketamine and smoked a lot of pot, drank a lot of alcohol. And he was talking on, on the Gerald Rogan podcast about like the the emphasis on idolaters in the Bible. And I actually vibed with him on this because at a first pass, if you don't have a good teacher, it seems like God's super jealous. And What kind of a God mm-hmm. is jealous or possessive? Right. Like that's he's this creator of the cosmos. Why would you be concerned with petty things like, you know, idols or whatever? I mean, there is no other God but me kind of shit. And then yeah. Duncan said he went back and reread it as a Buddhist, an adult, an apparent, and a parent. He had a, a revelation about this. Wow. And he goes, You know what it's about? The idolaters were middlemen. He's like, That wasn't to look out for God or protect God's feelings. It was like to look out for humans so they don't get entrapped by these like Keith Reneri guru yeah. middlemen. They're like, Hey, you know yeah. what? The sun just sent something to me. And if you want to know what the sun said and you want to have a good harvest, you got to give me like part of your share now. Kind of a thing. And yep. I think there's a there's a book, God, I'm going to butcher the name of it, but it's Scientology Survivor who wrote it. He wrote something like selling them a piece of the blue sky. And that was a phrase L. Ron Hubbard used mm. about like, you see that big blue sky up there? We're going to sell people a piece of it. So you know, it's like a con man thing. Yeah, And that's where I think religion or anything gets warped. If somebody has their own short-term selfish interests that yes. don't involve like the real work of it. Yeah. Yes.
1: What I love is my friend just kind of reminded me, she told me that and I didn't even know there was a history around that. Um I was like that's wild and would never exist here, you know, like that's crazy. But she was like, "Wait, you can do that. You can be the 12-year-old and you can just envision like your your grandmothers, you know, around you and them, you know, showing you what being a woman is you know like initiating you into womanhood it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual but but just yeah. like feel feel them around you and feel them blessing you and blessing your womanhood and blessing your process um, cause I, I would have loved to even have my mother and just even be like, and this is that, and this is, you know, just like, show me and tell me, like, even if it's just my bits, like, I don't care. Yeah. Just tell me what it is. Um, I, I just have always been curious like that. So, um, and she was like, you can do that with, you know, your spirit guides or, you know, you can envision kind of like your own red tents you know, scenario and do that. And, and I did, and it was just such a beautiful moment of just feeling so held. And, and I love the fact that it's like, we're not limited. Anything that you want healed or reconnected with or to reclaim for yourself, it's like, we have an unlimited spiritual, you know, like, accessories to like pull yep. from and use and work with. And even if you're like, oh, I'm just imagining this and you're not really into the woo-woo of that, you can still visualize. Visualization is huge. It's everything. Just visualize what it is that you wish you had experienced in this life that you haven't. For me right now, I'm still single. I'm 36 and I'm single So it's like years later. I'm still in the same place that I was I did have a five-year relationship in between But it didn't it didn't work. It wasn't aligned and so here I sit at 36 still Mm -hmm. single But i'm in a completely different Mindset because I realized that whether or not I remain single in this life, even though that's something that I really want I really want partnership really want that companionship and to create to co-create I would love to um Still, I know that I can visualize what that is and live it. But I can also have partnership and co-creation with other people, you know, my chosen family, my real family, friends, um, other business colleagues. Like I can still have bits of that fulfilled. It may not look like what I wish, you know, or desire, um, but I can still have that. And so that's something that. I felt like was such a powerful like shift even in this year um, with our conversation that it just so helped me to realize, oh my gosh, this whole time I've been like waiting for it to actually happen or feel like I missed out. Like yeah. I didn't – I wasn't initiated into my womanhood. I had to like figure it out on my own and God, was that fun. Not. um, And – It's, like, so cool to realize, like, there isn't any limits. We can experience anything that we want to experience, even if it's just in a visualization. You know? There's really nothing you can't experience. So that's really empowering. It's something that I felt not limited by for the first time
0: ever. You know, I'm always shocked by the lack of logic with, you know, certain religious rules. And this is why I was a bad Catholic. I I actually – and what's funny is certain priests got a kick out of me. Like – That's one thing I will say about the Catholic Church. Jesuits are funny. They like Mm -hmm. a shit stirrer, which I always get a kick out of as well. But, you know, I'd be like, okay, so if God made sex, why is it inherently bad? They'd give you a whole garden of eating shit. I'm like, you're not reading that properly because I would read. So, by the way, this will be a tip or trick to the listeners of this episode. If you actually go to the source documentation and you read it yourself, right? Yeah. You'll understand that it's what... The other nonsense that you're getting is a total distortion. That's not really what was there. Mm-hmm. Critical thinking skills, you know, like lit, crit, reading things and processing it and understanding it. Yes. And, you know, I just want more people to to get into that mode of like, even if it's a one of these life coaches, because I see a lot of this in life coaching, which you wouldn't think, because it's new agey and they have crystals and they use right. their neurolinguistic linguistic programming on you and mm-hmm. ASMR bullshit, Kabuki theater stuff. And, you know, everything looks all pretty and it's, it's all cynical and totally designed, but they make people neurotic. It it has a lot to do with shame and judgment. And I studied a lot of coaching programs before I started doing it. And I do just spiritual coaching work. I don't do, you don't need me as your goddamn life coach. What a disaster. But like... I would look at them and it's about like what you're not doing right or you need to get up earlier or what area areas you're lacking. And it's always this focus on what you're not doing right, how to be better, yes. what's wrong with you, and deficient yes. in you. And it it angered me. Like I took a week off of even looking at it because I was like, oh my God, they're making people perfect. They're poking their latent pain. They're creating a sense of urgency. They're telling them this is why your life isn't, you know, going well. It's it's a, the new version of sin, genuinely.
1: Yeah. Yes. And also
0: yeah. I noticed this tithing or what's the other one uh, indulgences piece like being from a catholic background of well if you can go to a twenty thousand dollar retreat you could pay that person twenty grand they will absolve you of your sins you can tithe you can you can get an indulgence which is what rich people used to do with the catholic church they'd sin and just yeah. go pay money and then like sins forgotten which is wild and we have our new version of it and what i would say to everyone is just you know anybody who's poking at you know shame but. Sexuality, money, your body, what, like whatever the thing is, language you use, the food you eat, the alcohol you drink, um, within reason, of course. And you know, if you have an addiction issue, that, that's an aside. I just mean, in general, a healthy, functioning person, get away from them. Like it's not to your benefit. And no. the way I structured my coaching work is we figure out what your energy body wants to do, what it's here to do. Yeah. And we just roll with that, which is why none of it's group work because everybody's different. And instead of focusing on like, woulda shoulda, I I need da-da-da-da-da, there's no need. And I'm not an accountability coach. I I drive a process, but I was like, I'm not going to do that. Because a lot of spiritual work is just receiving. Mm -hmm. Or what you did, which was seeing what dies and what Mm -hmm. remains. Mm -hmm. That's a very natural shedding process that you described. And you didn't put it in a spreadsheet. You don't hire someone to walk you through it and, like, hold you accountable and send you a fucking text in the morning. Like, have yeah. you let more of it die today? It's like, can you imagine the pressure of that? It's not helpful. Yeah. I
1: think I've always wanted to, like, land, arrive, you know, like... Everybody be, Like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't know if it's because I'm a Cancer and I just want a home.
0: I'm a like, Cancer even... too, man. Yeah. I, with a bunch of Virgo in my chart. So I'm a real problem when it comes to rigidity and wanting... You know, my joke and my husband and I, he teases me about it. I go, the to-do list. I always want to like get it done before I relax. But life is kind of a to-do list. It's always a to-do list. Yeah. One day he was cooking. He's a chef. And I go, just not thinking. And I'm not rude or abusive, I promise. I laughed when I heard it come out of my mouth. I go, hurry up so we can hang out. <laughs> and he looked at me, he's like, we are literally hanging out. Like This is us hanging out. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like when I heard it, I knew how crazy it sounded to me. And I think people want that binary final resolution in spiritual work, even if it's not in a church. You'll you'll see it all over the New Age scene. People are like, "Okay, so I just need to go paleo or what I need to do is this person's I need to get my Enneagram, then everything's going to be it's like, dude, talk to you think People haven't already gone through this. The Book of Job, another biblical reference, that son of a bitch did everything right. Yeah. And he ended up covered in boils, yelling at a whirlwind out in the desert yep. Yep. with nothing. Yeah. And the point of that story in the Bible, which is one of my favorites, I like, as I mentioned you, the dark. I like the dark darkness. I'm like, read that and then think yeah. on that. And let that yeah. sink in for a while. Like, take a look at that. But what I love about it is just that there's no guarantees. Yeah. You don't know what your soul came here to do. Right. Nope. Right? Like, all kinds of things can happen to you. You're not in charge. You're not God. You're not, you know, you don't have the Atlantean activation codes for me. Probably. I got news for you, right? Like, all that grift is hilarious. Just, like, let life be life sometimes, too. To me, that's way Mm -hmm. more, that's my brand of spirituality. Yeah. Yep. I've the things that I've experienced,
1: I mean, just in Has spirituality it been alone. For
0: you thinking you got out of that and then you're <laughs> back. Like uh, in The Godfather, just when I get out or start to get out, they pull me back in. You notice some of the same stuff, rigidity, yes. judgments, yes. problems. Tell me about that. What's that been like?
1: I so I mean, besides like in an, an extreme amount of BO that was acceptable in public, I I mean <laughs> around like different spiritual communities where I'm like, is this, this is okay. This is okay for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean. There's smells. Woo. Yeah. Besides that, um, I think a few things like I, I sat in a group once where she started and I don't, I don't bump this, you know, but like But it was just it was just odd to me that she was like this is an angel essence kind of very similar to your totem
0: essences, Uh, oh the flower flower essences yeah, Mm -hmm. um and she was like did she kill an angel angel?" and like drain its blood and put it in a bottle or something? I thought
1: I thought it was like angel sweat, you know that it was like angel essence. I was like, what is that? And she was like, "No, no, no! I channel this, and I create these things, and this is what this angel smells like. So if you smell it, then you're you're blessed." But she was selling it for hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And then
0: I that, can't even which was imagine even better, messing with an angel because they're in in my experience, in my personal system, they are real. They are one of the earliest, realist things I encountered. Oh, yeah. And they're good guys, and they're but they're they're terrifyingly powerful. And oh it's not something that you joke about there's like, something a bit blasphemous and i don't mean mm-hmm. that in the strict like religious right. inquisition sense i no, mean just like it's gritty. that was what i was i was yeah. picking
1: up on it i was like it's great there's something um there's something off
0: uh with this and then we chanted if she i was ever like come a- out with like a protein bar or something slap me all right keep me oh, sorry <laughs> i just want to state that for the record if you start seeing merch that's like that God help me. Please continue. Sorry. (laughs) I'll bring you back. Thank you. I'll I'll remind you. (laughs) Um,
1: But then we also chanted a specific number sequence and we had to chant it um, multiple times. And we were, you know, accessing Palladian, Octorian, whatever you want to call it. And I just, I started like, okay, you know, like I'm open, you know, I'm curious, I'm open. Um, but as soon as I started to do it, I started to feel this feeling, Rachel, in my gut, yeah. and it was like this. Um, I felt like someone was screwing a like wire, almost like hooking around my stomach as I'm yeah. chanting. So I stopped, and I was like, "What is that? It might have been a
0: spiritual contract,
1: dude." It was like, and so I was like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna reverse that." And so I literally, yeah. I just, I, everyone was chanting it and I just said, nope, I don't agree yeah. and I don't consent and you can go. And I just started saying it very mumbly, but I was like, I feel like I have to say that because I've been saying these numbers out yeah. loud. I have to out loud not, you know, exit my
0: consensual, <laughs> you know, yeah. abil- you know, right. This isn't what I was whatever told. Whatever this is. It's, mm-hmm. there's something in this fine print in this contract that I don't mm-hmm. like very much.
1: And yeah, what's funny is with
0: something that that's doesn't... it. It's not super common, but believe it or not, I actually had an experience like that just at a regular yoga class at Core Power of all things. You know what I mean? Yep. So it can sneak it up can on you. Anywhere. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, you know, at the beginning of yoga. I don't know if you go, and they're like, yeah. raise your hand if you don't want adjustments, if you don't want to be touched. And I'm psychic, so I'm like, I don't want to be touched by you. I don't like being touched. I raise my hand every time. Yep. And sure enough, kept touching me. And so at one point I said, I said, I like leaned over, you know, you have to whisper. I want to be rude. And I was like, hey, me in. I don't want to be touched. And she was like, she got visibly angry. And I was like, that's wow. weird. Because by the way, I'm certified yoga instructor. And I was at this point too. And I was like, what are you doing? Why do you care? And then during Shavasana, when you're laying down, I, I got, and I didn't see anything and it. It was sort of nondescript, but just a physical mm-hmm. feeling of like, I don't feel safe. And it was irrational, as feelings are, because there's logic, there's logos and Sophia, there's logic and there's wisdom, maybe intuition, right? And it's one of those things now that I'm older, and I've read like the gift of fear, and I've learned about somatic responses, especially talking to cult survivors, trauma survivors, and their somatic trauma therapy, how they recover, your body has so much wisdom in it and you really just oh, have yeah. to listen to it and so you got the added gift of seeing sort of the, the visualization the symbol mm-hmm. the screw i i would just say anyone else listening to this you don't have to really understand it and don't worry about being rude i mean you don't have to be aggressive you don't have to be hostile or combative you could just you can even tell a little white lie and be like i don't feel good because it's not yeah. necessarily a lie and just extract yourself i don't feel yeah. good i want to go take a yeah. salt bath stuff which like is pretty that. much what i did good for you i just yeah. was like i gotta go guys this has been fun bye (laughs) and who knows what she's channeling so people um, as you know i'm not big on fear because i think fear in the words of dune is the mind killer but i have a healthier i i actually believe this stuff like that always blows people away but i'm like no i don't feel safe channeling right now and they're like what you and i'm like you know this is real to me even though i'm like not, I don't wear a turban or something. This is actually real to me. I actually believe in invisible things that are around. They're called spirits, right? Like good, bad, whatever, everything in between. And I think a lot of people channel and they do stuff without appropriate energetic boundaries, without the training to even just eject what you just described, just the instinct to go like, something's not right. I'm going to hit the break for a minute, just basic little one-on-one things like that. And Who knows what's coming in? Right. What a wide universe we have. Yeah. Right? Like, I was like, I, I mean, don't consent to this because I don't know what this is and this feels funky. And I think that you know, just honoring that is how you navigate life. A, they may think it's a good thing. They may think it's an angel. It may have told it it's an angel. Right. And they may go, well, that's that. I mean, you know, right. and where I come from, because I grew up in a fucked up situation. Anytime someone's like, by the way, I'm a good guy. I'm like, by the way, we'll see. Like, I'm yeah. just... Thank God for skepticism, because the yes. bad guys don't announce themselves. They don't no. walk in. You know, Keith Raniery never said, "By the way, I'm gonna, you know, molest and groom all of your children, and I'm gonna destroy everyone and financially exploit them." They don't hit hit you at the front with that. No. In the words of Mark Vicente, by the way, in the vow, Bonnie's husband, he goes, "Nobody joins a cult, just like nobody channels a demon. Nobody invites a negative entity attachment, yeah. but they happen." So it's a little bit more subtle and subversive, just like it is with humans. And you just have to, you know, give, empower yourself, right? So what um, you do this work now, right? You have this podcast called Soulish, which I love. And what work do you do with your clients and how do you help them navigate some of this? Like, what's that been like for you? Because it's a hard sell being an ethical, sincere person. (laughs) I feel you on that. So- Maybe explain a little bit about where you're at right now with that
1: work. Yeah, I would love to. I So I just kind of, with that opening up and just whatever's possible is possible, I grew up with a very prophetic, what spirituality would call intuitive psychic dad. Um, That's just the Christian term for it. And I myself knew I was very much prophetic and I would sing prophetically a lot Um, and on on stage with worship and all of that. So I'd hear, I'd get a download for something and I would hear a melody and I would start seeing, singing what I'm seeing. Um, and that would, you know, get released and you would feel like the presence on it, spirit on it, um, that anointing, um, air quotes. Um, and so over the years I've, I've been trying to figure out how do I use this gift? And, Um, I'm starting to step into that. So stuff is going to come out with that. Um, But as far as like being a pastor and now being in spirituality and trying to figure out what that looks like, I ended up pursuing like gaining more understanding of Reiki, Chi, um, understanding the other terms for things that I had seen of laying on of hands or even just you know, outstretching your hands towards somebody, which we would do a lot and pray for somebody, yeah. send love and healing to them in in Christian church. So Reiki wasn't a huge leap from that. I was like, right. well, yeah, like I've seen this happen. I've seen deaf, you know, blind. I've seen metal dissolve out of people's heads. I've seen spines realigned and adjusted and bones regrow. I've seen so much stuff. So it's not that that idea or that struggle of like, is this real just has never really existed for me because I've seen that stuff since I was a kid since I was pretty much an infant, so yeah, I've seen miracles and signs and wonders i've I've heard you know thunder but have a voice on it, you know, and I've heard proclamation type stuff. Um, so where it's like okay, no one's speaking like that's not coming from the speakers that's literally in the room we're in. you know that's crazy. Um, so I've seen things that are super powerful and I can't unsee that. I've also seen the negative. I've seen demons, I've seen you know exorcisms. I've done exorcisms on hundreds of people, hundreds of teenagers during a youth event, you know youth summer camp. And so I've seen I've seen a lot. So I was like, how do like wh- what do i fit into like the spiritual world cuz i don't know what exists here and the right. podcast was actually a huge way of me learning about like mediumship or uh astrology i had no clue that was that was evil like you you right. don't look at it horoscopes so um, and then tarot kind of came to me and that was really scary. <laughs>
0: oh, people have a very, very negative association with tarot. It, oh, it yeah. strikes them as very evil and witchy. Yes. And when you learn about it, so this is one of those little areas like the more you research, it goes back to the, the time of the Jews in ancient Egypt Yes, and certain rites of passage. And it's actually based in Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. and the zohar and those books those are part of the abrahamic traditions they're not right. canonical but neither are the dead sea scrolls and right neither are half the things jesus said they threw those out right. constantine the fifth saw to that right like yes. so these are men editing things and yes yeah so when i break it down for people like where tarot kind of came from and it wasn't the devil himself that's all uh, hollywood it is that's and it's hollywood. also i think There are forces, this is where I start to use words like they and them with a capital T, and they sound all crazy and weird, but Mm -hmm. um, I think there is a vested interest, whether it's human or inhuman, in keeping powerful tools away from people by convincing them that they're inherently evil, just like sexuality, no, 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 don't, don't go near that because that's evil, whereas if you walk into it and you learn about it, you can integrate it, now you're more powerful. Yes. Um, it makes me think of, of all things, God help me, the Captain uh, Marvel movie with Brie Larson. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. So the Supreme Intelligence, this AI, she thought it's what gave her her abilities as a member of the Kree, right? Right. She had amnesia. Everyone should go watch that movie. It's actually really good. Even though James Woods hated it, and all he did was tweet about it. I mean, I swear <laughs> to God, but it's it's actually great. And what she learns is the AI implant and the Supreme Intelligence was holding her back. Her powers were her powers and they were tremendous. So, this system of control had a vested interest in clipping her wings and keeping her Mm -hmm. very contained. And that's how I see a lot of this stuff. And I'm glad you're exploring it and learning about it, asking people about it. Doing it on a podcast, what a great format for a podcast because people can learn with you and you're not sort of officiating at them. No, I was like,
1: I want yeah. to take people on the journey too, because I I don't know anybody that's had my experience and my background, so might as well. And it was so cool to share different things, you know, different modalities and tools and then learn yeah. about it myself. And certain things like energy, intuitive Healing, that that kind of energy work, getting into someone's energy and being able to move things around mm. um, and also bring clarity to what that may be rooted in, um, a belief or a fear like we were talking about, something mm. like that where it's like it has an anchor and that's why this keeps coming up or keeps coming back in life. Um, And so I love doing that. I use Oracle Cards Tarot for providing clarity or kind of direction on like focus with my clients. Um, And this year I actually launched a program called I Am Healed. And I really felt like that was, it was important to have it be the final end result statement of I Am Healed because I believe that we truly actually walk in that. It's just acknowledging recognizing and stepping into that place of healing but just the fact that we all have the ability to heal we don't need anything outside of ourselves in order to heal but the tools are great and they're definitely um they're definitely needed in that and and can aid in that process but you have everything you need you have all the wisdom you have all the understanding you have all the intuition you don't need an intuitive guide to be intuitive you know or to get that hit but a lot of times, like I, I've i witnessed in just the eight years that I've not been religious when I've gone to somebody and, and trusted them to show me something and it was, you know, they were vouched for by other people. I mean, it was such a marker for me. It was, it was seeing my blind spots or things that I, I wasn't aware of or wasn't picking up on that really helped set me free and kind of launched me forward in my process. It was like the push I yeah. needed, you know, yeah. to stay ahead in the race. And um, so I really value that. But I'm very similar to you, Rachel. I I really don't um, sell myself in the way of like, you need me. Like – I like to empower people and actually show people, even though I can't necessarily activate anyone into Reiki level one. I'm only Reiki level two practitioner. Just never felt called to be a, you know, yeah, master. Uh, cause that just feels very like there's a certain person. Grand wizard of Reiki. Yeah. Yeah. It's such like, a weird thing. Yeah. I'm like, that's fine. I just don't feel called to initiate yeah. people into Reiki necessarily. I but everybody can connect with their own energy. And so I yeah. love helping people do that and also bridging that gap between a religious person and spirituality and help them kind of understand that it kind of is really all connected. And there's a lot of similarities, but again, what resonates, what aligns, what feels in alignment, what feels good to you right now? Because what what resonates with you right now might not resonate with you in five, 10
0: years, even That's a year a before, even yeah. from now, even months from now. For me and yes. this podcast and the work I do is giving yourself permission to change your mind. Yes. It, number one, it's very boring being attached to any ideology. You're gonna get, if you're an intellectually stimulating, stimulated person, you're gonna get bored, you're gonna get boxed in, and yeah. also that's just not how life works. You're gonna change no. your mind. Things are gonna change. You change. Yeah. It's so interdependent and complex. Always evolving. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like you know so when people ask me like well, what do you believe I'm like I, it, it doesn't matter it shouldn't I matter don't even yet. have yeah
1: I I tell people all the time I haven't landed and I, yeah. I don't know if I will ever land. I don't know how I feel about reincarnation it could or couldn't be true. I would like to say it's true yeah but I I don't know
0: well I don't and that can't prove it and the that's sort of skepticism is saying I've seen some evidence that supports reincarnation but yes. I don't know. And that is, that last three words is very hard for people with big egos. Yes. I don't know. And how would you know with certainty these, like, mysteries of the universe? Yeah. Like, who are you? Anyway, so that's like a huge red flag. Anytime someone knows,
1: well,
0: I know. And it's like, okay, cool. Good for you.
1: I think leaning into the mystery of the unknown, because I think that's so, it's so important to be able to hold space for what, you don't yet see. I think there's a level be. of faith. Yeah. yeah, there's a level of faith that is required to be like, I don't know, but I'm going to continue to lean into the unknown um and the mystery and allow things to unfold in front of me. I think that that's more fun. It's so much more fun. Um, right. But I feel like from the Bible, it's what a lot of our fav- favorite prophets had to do. They had to lean oh, into yeah. the mystery and watch it unfold.
0: And so I'm real happy a... about it all the time. That's the other no. thing. Yeah. No. I don't know that people. Everyone should really take a look at what the prophets went through. It's hilarious. All of them yelled at God. All of them hated it. Noah started drinking happily. He's like, you want me to build what? And tell people what? Like, th- it's actually kind of funny. If you, mm-hmm. It's like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode every time. Mm-hmm. That music, you can just hear it. Um. So I'm going to pull a card, if that's okay with you, because otherwise our sponsor, Totem Tarot deck, you know. I'll get, gotta I'll make get them something happy. from some lawyer. You know, she is emotionally dysregulated. <laughs> that woman. It's, sorry, it's an ongoing trope that I enjoy. And it's, for anyone listening, I am that person It's making me <laughs> Um And I would never send a lawyer letter for anything. <laughs> Thank you. So we'll pull it and we'll see. It, it usually ties up, you know, not just our conversation, but it usually has something for the people joining, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, this is a good one. Um, Six of swords, six of Metals in my deck. Mm -hmm. I call this the spiritual refugee card, which is hilarious for you. Um, In a more traditional deck, it shows a woman with, you know, some kids in a boat. They're being taken away. And it's a card that brings healing that comes from simply removing negative stimulation. So by simply, and it's why we made it look almost like lungs breathing or I love that rowing, you know, like, so you're moving forward on plaza water or you're able to expand your heart chakra and breathe and get a deep mm-hmm. breath. And with every foot you move further away from the war zone, you just heal. I don't think people realize the healing, like your body and your energy body want to heal. They actually want to be healthy. So if you yeah. just stop traumatizing them or you try and remove some of those it you know, life's not perfect. We can only do what we can do, but if you can remove what you can remove, it'll it'll do a lot of the work for you. Yes. And you're on Absolutely. your way. It's funny you say you didn't land yet, mm-hmm. but you're you're well on your way. I also associate this card with Archangel Raphael. I don't know if have you ever interacted mm-hmm. with him? No, but ah, oh, he's quiet. I, yeah. I do love it. His healing, I think, is quiet. Mm-hmm. When he was around for me, before I right when we were making the deck, before I made that card, I had a series of dreams with him, and he was just showing me floral arrangements. Mm. like over and over and over again, these various dreams, and it was just a set of flowers in a certain amount of numbers, and I would wake up feeling different. And I'm sure that's just my brain's symbolism to distill something that was happening. But he's, you want to talk about a being probably of infinite power and no ego. There's no like, it's me. Like, it's like, hey, look at this. It's a, it's a clover. You're like, oh, thanks. I feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah, he's very cool. He's, he's a, he's an archangel that I don't think a lot of people really understand that well or or talk to all that much. Everybody, you know, likes the big bangs. Yeah. Michael. More. Yeah. yeah knocking down doors and kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I love this. You're you know, the next six months you'll probably feel better and better and better and better and better. And the other thing too yeah. is that card of it shows up for people, adrenal fatigue will be greatly mitigated. So if you've been worried about yes. your cortisol levels and stuff, like everything Oh majorly.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things wild. that I've realized. I've always been in a fight or flight because I've always felt like I've been in transition. And that I'm not doing something right. Something's wrong. Like I have to fix it. I have to find it because something's wrong because nothing's working out. And so just kind of constantly feeling like you have to fight for your right to be blessed, you know, Mm -hmm. that it's not just inherent to your divinity and your sovereignty. And that it's being blessed doesn't mean that life is going right either, you know, or according to plan. Being blessed can also just be enjoying the sun and enjoying the day and waking up, you know,
0: alive, like is just breathing, you know, it's funny, that's I'm being blessed, do something that's very not me, because I got an idea. And the idea is, you know, all these people talk about, you know, start your coaching practice, you don't have to work, make money while you sleep six days to six, you know, all these things they say in in their sort of prosperity gospel. nonsense. Yes. And it occurred to me, like, I don't want to get away from my work, because my work is aligned like i actually enjoy the chopping of the wood and the carrying the water and uh, i uh wanted to do some because i don't like being on instagram i don't like social media i don't like my image being looked at but i i mainly because it's sort of like well what would i say like there has to be a so for me Uh, otherwise i'm like i'm not just gonna get why am i doing this hey checking in you know, because I'll just laugh at myself. It'll be, it'll be absurd. I'm pathologically incapable of like just doing the thing. It's a real (laughs) problem actually. (laughs) like at dinner parties and stuff. But I thought about highlighting, you know, taking joy in, in work and in what some might see as burden, like being joyful in your burden. Because, you know, I work in a garden. It's the end of the season. There's never a day or a week that goes by if you're growing things for flower essences from scratch where you're not you, you have to touch it every day. There's something you have to do, but there's a new family of toads out there. They're hilarious. And like being joyful in your burden is like, look at the new toad family and we're literally calling the area toad hollow. It's funny. And you know, my husband's struggling all day putting a tent up for this upcoming event. and it, that's a burden. That's a physical burden. It's a mental burden. you know, it's it's all kinds of things. but there's also like a joy to it when that thing goes up, you know, you don't get that exhilaration unless there was a a toil yes maybe and this idea of wanting to like tap out a work is so unnatural and and pardon me for saying so black magic adjacent yeah where it's like you get something for nothing like i don't trust yeah. it i don't like it i don't understand it maybe i'm maybe i'm the fool maybe there really is a like an easy button to all this and i'm just being an obstinate asshole about it but yeah, I just we'll, I enjoy. We'll see it. I I'm right there with you. I yeah.
1: I like working with people, and I know a lot of coaches that they're like, I want to create you know evergreen content in a online workshop that mm-hmm. you know masterclass that people just sign up to, mm-hmm. and it's ever webinar and and I don't I'm good you know, and then I'm just
0: making yeah. money on the side for it's kind the of same parasitic, thing. isn't it? A little bit. I yeah. mean, doing online courses, I actually understand that if you, if you have it's like not something wrong. in mind. But the yeah. idea of, like, just getting them into this, it's its the way you talk about chattel. Like, getting yeah. them into the corral, getting them da-da-da, and, you know, I'm, you know, counting my money. It's, it's a very inhuman mm-hmm. attitude towards humans, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I'm cool yeah. with a workshop and a master class, but I'll never yeah. not want to work with people. Or interact with
0: them. Because that's, by the yeah. way, that's the alchemy of the work we do. I learn... I have learned infinitely more from clients, collaboratives than I ever did from a teacher. Right. And I say that as someone who facilitates and teaches workshops, and I'll say it during those workshops, yeah. which is you practice, interact with people, get out in the real world. Because every day, you know, if I do a bunch of client sessions, there's always a theme that's relevant for me. It keeps me sharp, you know, steel, yes. sharp and steel. And yeah, getting to, it's like those chefs. So my husband's a chef, you know, like a TV chef who gets all these restaurants or book deals or a TV show on food network yep. and doesn't cook food. And then you watch them chop, try and do mise en place and do a brunoise of a vegetable. And it's like, yeah, you don't have it anymore. Bitch, it's a perishable skill. You got mm-hmm. away from the thing, from that. Yes. In Japan, they call that kaizen, the endless pursuit of perfection, knowing you never reach perfection. But there's a joy in the like punishing pursuit of it. Yeah. That's why I love Japanese culture. The They're diligence. Crazy yeah. people. I love it. Yeah. So, so thank you so much. Let everyone know where they can find you. I will, of course, have links for you in the show notes and all that stuff. But tell people where you want to you want to be found and, and how to work with you. Yeah, I would love that. Um, you can find me at WhitneyApke.com.
1: That's W-H-I-T-N-E-Y-A-B-K-E.com. And then also Whitney Apke on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and I have – any anyone that wants to work with me, the program is open. So, and I can also just do one-on-one sessions if they just want a one-off. Um, I do readings, I do Reiki, I do intuitive readings, psychic readings, whatever you want to call them. Just whatever that person needs is kind of what I end up showing up as. Um, mm. And so, I love that. I love just being present with someone and just how can I best support you? What is it that you need? Um,
0: and so that's me in a nutshell, but <laughs> listen to the soul ish podcast guys. It's actually yes. really good. Yeah. It's a an infomercial. Yeah. The
1: Soulish podcast is so fun and I have so many people on it, including you. Um, and so it's, it's a really good resource too, if you're like spiritually curious and yeah. you're not wanting to kind of dive too deep, but deep enough that you get something from it or it
0: provokes a thought or you know conversation so and there's no gatekeeping on it which is why i was drawn to it even if it's not formal sometimes things are so esoteric or firm or whatever that yeah you don't really feel invited right yeah Yeah. well thank you whitney we will be in touch (laughs)